Hey there, my name is Mei Ling. I'm a certified life coach and trauma-trained practitioner, and welcome to my podcast, Finding Freedom in the Hologram. Well, friends, this week, we are learning life and leadership lessons from none other than Viktor Frankl himself. If you've ever followed any coach, any person who believes in personal and mind development, you surely would have heard or come across the name of Viktor Frankl. So Viktor Frankl was a Jewish psychiatrist, psychologist, neurologist, all in one, from Austria. Austria in Europe, not Australia. (laughs) And he actually went to the concentration camps when he was 37 years old. Now, up to that point, he was already quite well known in psychology He had developed a therapy called logotherapy, which means in Greek, healing through meaning. So his whole philosophy is that for us to find fulfillment in life, we need to find meaning. Because otherwise, things will just be this dull, bland, monotone. And the whole point of life is to find meaning. Now, Viktor Frankl also wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And... That book is truly profound. Now, I have to give a warning here because this book describes his experiences in the concentration camps during the Holocaust. So if you find that a sensitive topic for any reason, I would encourage you to perhaps read reviews of this book on Amazon or Goodreads or listen to podcasts that review this book rather than delving and buying this book immediately and having a read, because Viktor Frankl is very descriptive, basically. And precisely because he is so descriptive, and he has lived through a lot, which is why this week I am giving you top 10 quotes from Viktor Frankl. Quote number one, Our greatest freedom is the freedom to choose our attitude. Yes. So, You can either bitch about something or you can see it as a challenge and say, hey, you want to hold me down, but I refuse. And you choose to believe that things are happening for you rather than things happening to you. Quote number two, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. There is a point in the book where Viktor Frankl describes this exact thing. And he's famous for this quote. And in it, he had written, When the Nazi soldiers used to beat him, the normal reaction would be immediately to cry and yelp because it's so painful. However, he thought to himself, I refuse to give them the satisfaction of hearing me be in pain. I am in pain, sure. But I can choose not to give them that satisfaction. So they can beat me and I'll be utterly quiet. When you read that paragraph in the book, it really does something to you. And all of a sudden, for most of us now in this modern society, it makes all our complaints so trivial. Because you think about the strength of character that Viktor Frankl had to have in that moment, where most people and most souls are broken, Viktor Frankl chose a specific way that he wanted to respond. He chose to be reflective instead of reactive. And that is so incredibly admirable. 
Quote number three. Life is never made unbearable by circumstances, but only by lack of meaning and purpose. Which is why he developed logotherapy. Once you find meaning and purpose in your life, that is when you realize and you have the answer to the question, why am I here? Where do I belong? What was I meant to do? What was I meant to do on this earth or during my time on this earth? So he believes in truly finding meaning. Quote number four, what is to give light must endure burning. I have never heard this quote being paraphrased anywhere. When we think about light, it's being seen, being visible, right? And it can be as bright as the sun where you're like, don't look directly into the sun. Or it can be a light shining in the dark and you're so thankful for that light shining. The story that resonates with me with this quote is... Prior to myself becoming a coach, I had the strictest privacy controls on my social media. Where people, when I met new friends overseas when traveling, they'll be like, hey, do you have Facebook? Let's connect. And I'm like, yeah, I have Facebook, but you cannot find me. I have to find you and add you. Because I, I had adjusted all my controls, you know, to the strictest um, controls you could have. Now that I'm a coach, I'm like, oh, crap. If people don't know I exist, how can they know that I can help them? So all of a sudden, I had to make a website. I started an Instagram account specifically for my coaching. And I film Instagram reels and film stories and put myself out there almost daily. And I show my face and you can hear my voice as well as this podcast, you know. And it's all free of charge. There's no cost to you. And there's very valuable content. And I really pride myself on being able to help. And my goal is to help at least 10,000 people. That's my lofty goal. (laughs) So if you think that you have friends or family that will benefit from these podcasts, yeah, forward it to them. And they may or may not, you know, believe in this, but at least ask them to keep an open mind. Because I really feel that all of these concepts and ideas and perspectives has changed my life so much and I hope it can also help somebody to change theirs. Quote number five, an abnormal reaction to an abnormal situation is normal behavior. (laughs) I find this quote very funny because it brings to mind an episode of a Korean TV show that I've been watching recently on Netflix and the TV show is called It's Okay Not To Be Okay. And in one particular episode, the one of the main characters is an author who writes children's books. And she had shown and displayed precisely this quote. So basically what had happened was a man who is mentally, he has the mental mindset of a child. And he has a thing about people touching his hair and his head. He freaks out. He had displayed behavior that seemed very erratic to parents because there was a book signing and one of the kids was wearing a dinosaur outfit and this man also loves dinosaurs like he's fascinated and obsessed with anything dinosaur related so he couldn't help himself but went up to the kid and started like reciting dinosaur facts which freaked the kid out freaked his parents out and the dad actually started pushing and using physical force to try and get this man off or push him away, you know, to distance him. And in the process, he had grabbed a fistful of this man's hair and tugged quite forcefully. And of course, this man yelped 
and freaked out. So the author of this children's book came down. She was seated up the staircase of this huge, massive bookstore for book signings. And she actually came down to where the commotion was and actually started grabbing a fistful of the dad's hair and pulled. And of course, he yelped up in pain. And she actually said, so who wouldn't yell out if you grab his hair this forcefully? <laughs> Long story short, basically, I think it illustrates this quote very beautifully in that an abnormal reaction, in which case yelling out when somebody grabs a fistful of your hair, to an abnormal situation, the fact that somebody, a stranger, grabbed a fistful of your hair and tugged in the first place, equates to normal behavior. <laughs> Quote number six. The pessimist resembles a man who observes with fear and sadness that his wall calendar from which he daily tears a sheet grows thinner with each passing day. On the other hand, the person who attacks the problems of life actively is like a man who removes each successive leaf from his calendar and files it neatly and carefully away with its predecessors after first having jotted down a few diary notes on the back. He can reflect with pride and joy on all the richness set down in these notes, on all the life he has already lived to the fullest. What will it matter to him if he notices that he is growing old? Has he any reason to envy the young people whom he sees or wax nostalgic over his own lost youth? What reasons has he to envy a young person? For the possibilities that a young person has, the future which is in store for him? No thank you, he will think. Instead of possibilities, I have realities in my past. Not only the reality of work done and of love loved, but of sufferings bravely suffered. I think that is so insightful. Because instead of being envious of a young person's possibilities, he's proud of the realities that he has lived. That is such an amazing way to look at your life. And again, another reason why I encourage you to journal. <laughs> Quote number seven. Pain is only bearable if we know it will end, not if we deny it exists. Mm -hmm. Do not live in denial. If you choose to bury your head in the sand, like an ostrich, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, if I cover my eyes and I cover my ears, it's not happening. No, it's only a temporary solution, if you can even call it a solution you will still have to face the music sooner or later. Quote number eight. When a man cannot find meaning, he numbs himself with pleasure. At the Life Coach School, we call this buffering. Basically, you are buffering the reality of your current situation, the pain that you're living and experiencing in your current situation, with alcohol, with junk food, with sugar, with drugs, with sex. All of these very addictive things is because you don't actually want to face your reality. You are unwilling to feel the pain, the discomfort. However, if you are willing to go through pain, discomfort, shame, nothing will ever stop you from reaching your dreams. 
Quote number nine. No man should judge unless he asks himself, in absolute honesty, whether in a similar situation he might not have done the same. How many of us have experienced this? Seriously. When we see something, we may immediately judge a person's actions. We can't help ourselves. But in reality, if we have the ability to place ourselves in that person's shoes and know exactly what is going on in their life, we may actually act the same. We may actually have reacted the same way as that person. Quote number 10. It isn't the past which holds us back. It's the future and how we undermine it today. So basically what this means is like, if you think of a dream that you want to reach, of a goal that you want to achieve, or you look at somebody and you think, wow, that's kind of amazing that they did that. But you actually have thoughts in your head, for example, like, I should just give up now. Or, I can't do that. Or, man, that's not for people like me. Or, it takes money to make money. If you have those thoughts, you are basically depriving yourself of a future you could possibly have. You are already undermining yourself today. You are not letting the possibility of you being able to achieve what you want to achieve, of you being able to reach and achieve that goal. Because it's not the past that holds you back. It's your current thoughts about you today being unable to achieve the future that you want. Thinking that it is out of reach for you. So think about that. Think about all the things that could possibly be holding you back right now. Are they really true? Have you ever given it a go? Or you've given it a go and you're like, but I failed so many times. I am so sure if you listen to my podcast, you have heard me give the example of Sir James Dyson trying 5,126 times before he got the vacuum cleaner right. He was in debt. I think he was in danger of taking out a second mortgage. His wife might have left him. But he was willing to try 5,127 times to be the wealthy man that he is today. So I hope you have found these quotes today impactful and useful. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye.